You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. We are in the hundreds of this is the episode. Uh, we believe we'll end up being episode 113, 114 uh, in that range and excited to have a special guest today. And before we get into the special guest, uh, I know for many that are playing along, we have a, a proof of podcast uh, gamification that we've kind of added in here and uh, excited that you know for the month of March it all starts back over. So if you collect four of our proof of podcasts, you actually end up becoming what we call a pop star. Uh, and I give credit to our our Discord community for coming up with the the name. And you'll get airdropped uh, an NFT just for uh, participating and coming along on the journey. And so the uh, the phrase for today's uh, pop star giveaway uh, is "Wag me," or "We're all going to make it." And so if you jump over in the next 36 hours uh, over to uh, nft365podcast.com slash pop, just nft365podcast.com slash pop, and you type that in, you'll, you'll qualify for your first of your four for the month, and then we'll uh, have some fun with that. I want to thank the, the hundreds of people that jumped in and did it on February. Uh, we, we came up with the idea, and we decided to do what we do, and that's... Uh, we pressed the damn button and we pushed it out uh, about about a couple days after we came up with the idea. And we were kind of blown away that there were so many people that participated. So I just want to say thank you for all of those amazing loyal listeners. I know daily content is a lot, especially daily content for me every single day. And I'm excited. I have a good friend that we were just talking before recording that uh, we I have found some tweets from 2015, uh, 2016. We've, we've, I've had the, the luxury and pleasure of uh, being aligned with uh, Sandy Carter, who will be our, our guest today. And I, I said this in a tweet, and uh, I just want to put it out there as well. You know, Sandy was one of the, the very first executives in the tech space that really kind of welcomed me uh, with open arms. And I remember feeling very empowered by that. And so for, for sentimental reasons, that actually, uh, it's even cooler that I get to, we get to come full circle about seven years later, and we've been able to stay in contact and, and do some things uh, over the years together as well. So Sandy Carter, thank you so much for being uh, our guest today. Excited to have this conversation. Well, thank you, Brian. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here and to see so many uh, amazing women on here. I already see M on from Crypto Chicks, who is part of our uh, Women of Web three as well. And it's great to see the success that you've had, Brian, um, throughout the years. See, I knew it. I I have a, a good judge of character, and I knew you would do just great things. And here you have. NFT 365, which is an amazing podcast. Well, thank you so much. And yes, actually, M is one of our, our previous guests here on the podcast. And uh, I don't think she knows this yet, but it's actually uh, for the, the last 60 days, it's our most listened to uh, episode is the one that we interviewed. So no pressure, Sandy, but uh, M set the, <laughs> set the bar very high. Set, set the bar. We also have a, a Rachel on from Binance US. Binance US is also one of our partners um, in our WoW 3 as well. So hopefully these young ladies will also uh, jump up here and, and uh, contribute to our discussion. Yeah, for sure. And so and Sandy, let's jump right into that. We'll kind of we'll, we'll start forward and then we'll go backwards a little bit. Um, so what can you explain a little bit about the, the event coming up for International Women's Day? Uh, and we're excited to be partnering with uh, you on that as well. And give us a little bit of update on that. I'm going to put all the, the notes in the show notes for those that are listening. Uh, definitely going to recommend everybody uh, RSVPs. But give us a little bit about the origin of it and then what people can look forward to. Yeah. So, um, you know, I came over to Web3 in December. Um, I was the vice president at Amazon Web Services. And I was kind of used to being you know, uh, one of about 20%, 25% women in the room, I always had another woman with me. 
I came over to Web3 and I was like, wow, there it's just so unbalanced today in terms of diverse voices being heard, being at the table in so many different avenues. Um, and so I, you know, I really played around with it in December, um, went to some conferences, just, you know, made a lot of connections. And then I realized in January that this was a moment in time where we're shaping what Web3 is, you know, where NFTs are going to go, what the metaverse is going to look like. And in order to shape the next era of the Internet, you need those diverse voices in the equation. And so I mentioned it to a couple of people and they were like, yeah, somebody should do something about that. Somebody should do something about that. And I was like, well, why not me? Uh, and so I, um, I talked with a couple of different companies I thought, you know, there are some movements out there that are person-based, which are amazing, but I didn't see any big companies in Web3 getting behind, getting more women, getting more diversity in Web3. And so um, women of Web3, Unstoppable Women of Web3 were born. It was, our mission is really to make Web3 more accessible to everyone, um, to help with that first step of getting started. And to be action-oriented, not just to point out the deltas, um, but to do something about it, to launch education and to do networking. And, for example, at South by Southwest, we're going to have our first in-real-life event uh, for Women of Web3. And I'm so excited because we've already sold out the event. We're looking for a bigger space so we can have more women be able to come and network, meet each other, support each other as well. And Brian, just for a couple of numbers, you know, um, today only 5% of the entrepreneurs in Web3 are women. And that, you know, we just have to change that game. In order for anything to be innovative and successful, we need to have that diversity inside of it. Yeah, that is, I mean, those numbers are unacceptable and unacceptable in, in all different realms. And, you know, I will say when I went in November to, uh, you know, N uh, NFT NYC event, um, I was actually very impressed with the uh, diversity of voices and skill sets and the people that were kind of around us at that uh, at that space and and what I found was that you know there was you know you have, this was a you know you know we go to a lot of events of course speaking and and being a part of this you know tech space especially and it was very unique in the sense that it had I had never been to really an event that had the combination of you know a developer with a a artist with a photographer with a startup you know venture capitalist with a you know marketer in web 3 to you know um you know an nft creator an nft collector and i i was one of the things that i also noticed was not only you know diversity in in gender but also diversity in like the skill sets that required and you know sandy your background for those that don't know you know i was first uh came in contact with you uh with ibm and and funny enough uh, I just got, I got a message from uh, our friend Daniel Newman, who we uh, Daniel and I uh, hosted a podcast together, and Daniel's like, I think this is the Ford the fourth podcast that you've interviewed Sandy Carter on, and so I think it might be. So I want to say thank you for that as well, <laughs> which is kind of funny how how that goes all the time. But you you know you were at IBM and then uh, of course at AWS Amazon Web Services, uh, and now at Unstoppable. Could you give a little bit about like your journey there? Because you mentioned that you're been very used to being. Uh, one of you know the the few women in many rooms, but you've also been a an executive leader in a lot of these spaces, and you opened my door, my eyes to girls who code. I remember you know many of the IBM events I went to. You know, part of the obligation for us was to attend uh, millennial and Gen Z uh, events that were helping younger uh, you know leaders start to be able to get their their feet wet. And you've been a pioneer in that in that uh, approach, and I think. There's a lot to learn from, hey, how do we get more voices at the table? But like, what is the role that each one of us can take? Can you walk us through some of that journey for you? Because for me, you've been one of the, the leaders that have been leading the way for, for many, many, many years, long before Web3. Well, th thank you for that, Brian. I really appreciate it. I just love technology. I am a geek girl for sure. Um, so when I was at um, IBM, I, I ran um, our social business social media program for all IBM. And, uh, and so it really got me into that web two movement very early, where I got to help shape all the social, we were the first to have a social media policy at a company as big as an IBM, 
we were the first company to um, to advertise Twitter at an event. I know that sounds really strange today with so many people using and leveraging Twitter, but you know back then it, it was very uh, rare that a big company would do or leverage something like social media. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, Brian. When I left IBM, I actually left to go found a startup in artificial intelligence. Um, and I did that because as I was working and watching what was happening living in Silicon Valley, I saw a lot of companies and countries sending people to the Valley to learn how Silicon Valley innovated, right? Uh, Silicon Valley was known as the place for innovation and great ideas, entrepreneurship. I saw Germany, for instance, send 60 executives over, pay for their stay for a year. And then when they went back, um, you know, all their things that they learned failed because the culture there is different than Silicon Valley. So I created a startup that would do like a Myers-Briggs assessment of a company to figure out their culture and match it with innovation techniques. I did that for about a year. That's how Amazon um, found me because I was doing that startup and they're really into innovation. Um, so So I did, you know, social media, then all the artificial intelligence pieces. And then I moved to Amazon to tackle cloud, still in the Web2 world, um, and again, just love the technology. You know, I got into blockchain there. Uh, Amazon has a blockchain set of technologies, as well as all the analytics and data that runs on top. And that's really how I discovered Unstoppable with the, you know, real big focus on digital identity and protection of that data, that data being owned by a company, by a person, sorry, other than a company. Um, really got me excited so that I could control my own data. That data would be my data. Um, I could log in. Like today, I can log in with Unstoppable. I can log into a metaverse like Atlantis or a DeFi application like Cook Financial or a game, Sandbox or Decentraland, all from the same identity that I possess. It was just something that I had been dreaming about for quite some time. And I love that you kind of walked us through that, you know, kind of that journey too, as as Web too, right? There was a lot of things that, you know, I think we've we've been implementing, we've been seeing, you know, find success in Web too, but I believe part of the, you know, part of that, you know, decentralization switch is now we're actually switching that power, right? And that and we're flipping that, like not only who has the power, but our ability to kind of reimagine how that power is kind of brought to life. And you know, I remember you know some of those you know early. I'd say 2015, 2016, 2017 days of, you know, trying to get, you know, brands onto social media, uh, trying to, get, I, you know, I laughed when you said, you know, one of the first events that, you know, had Twitter. I remember uh, the Twitter announcement at the IBM event. I was actually, you know, live streaming it on Periscope. I had spoke at that event um, that year. And I remember even, you know, getting messages from from some people in my circle of, you know, like Brian, you know, enterprise tech is embracing Twitter and you've loved, you've loved Twitter for since uh, like 2010. And I, the nice or beauty of now with NFTs and Web3 is Twitter has almost had another, you know, beautiful resurgence. And, you know, you brought up the, the, the phrase or the, the term digital identity. And I know for, for many, um, we can kind of break down like unstoppable domains and, and where that kind of fits about what unstoppable is as a whole. But when you and I were first talking, I guess it was like a week ago or so, you brought up the the you know the idea of this you know how do we like redefine and establish this control around you know digital identity and it really hit home for me. Could you really kind of like break down what like what does digital identity mean in this Web three space? Yeah. So um, so digital identity is the way that you get access to um, different applications and different. Um, you know, today, today it's different uh, access to information. So if you think about today, um, you know, you go and you sign into Twitter like we did today, and I have one set of personality there. If I now go and sign into LinkedIn, I have to sign in with different credentials and I have different levels of engagement that are noted on LinkedIn versus Twitter. And if you think about it, you know, I was one of the first on Twitter back in 2009, early 2009. Um, and I, you know, given the events and everything I did, I told everybody, get on Twitter. This is amazing. So I actually helped to build up the, uh, the base for Twitter. But as I was building that value, uh, the extraction of value really went to Twitter. There are what, I don't know, 28 billion today. Um, and that value has accrued to Twitter, not to me. That financial benefit accrued to Twitter. So if you think about Web3, now you're going to be 
um, using your identity and you're going to be the one who controls your data. So no longer would people or companies go to Facebook to buy data to do advertising. They're going to try to entice you with rewards around your digital identity. That identity travels with you. It travels through the metaverse with you. It travels through gaming with you. It's your wallet. It's your healthcare data. It's your education records. It's KYC. And who knows? Like in the future, digital identity is going to become even much more important than it is today. It will be used in all sort of apps that we can't even imagine. I was just speaking to a company yesterday and they're like, ooh, we could do shoe size in that digital identity. So I think it's extremely important that this ownership rights puts power back in the hands of the users and not in the hands of a corporation or even a government, you know, with everything going on today. And that's why I'm so excited about um, digital identity. And I, I mean, I think to me, this is probably the the most exciting part about Web3. And I know for, and I'm sure with you as well, you know, there's a lot of people when, you know, when I jumped in and kind of leaned in completely on Web3, there was people that were like, well, Brian, you know, you're a natural early adopter. And Sandy, you are, you're very much the same. We're, we're, we're willing to be kind of on that front lines. But, I, you know, for me, one of the things that I've been telling people that, you know, it's the, the Web3 is the synergy and like the intersection of really technology and humanity in a way that I didn't know that I, we were waiting for, but it kind of presents itself in a way that for me, it's everything that we've believed in over these, you know, many, many years of, you know, how do we bring together, you know, how do we give people not only control of their data, but their ability to impact the world, their ability to stand out from the noise. And, and that digital identity conversation, I think is just, is extremely powerful. I'm curious when you were, you know, you were at AWS um, and you, when you left, uh, you know, with now with Unstoppable, Talk to us a little bit about Unstoppable as a, a brand in Web3, because I think there's a lot of assumptions of brands in Web3 uh, on either what their role is or how they're going to you know, kind of establish themselves. And I will say, you know, Sandy, you jumping over there immediately popped them to the top of my radar. And then uh, I also saw you brought over one of uh, my dear friends who I often consider one of the smartest human beings that I've ever met, uh, Lisa Cicat DeLuca. And so you're building, I mean, the team over there is amazing. I know there was already some amazing people there beforehand, but talk to us a little bit about Unstoppable and like kind of them as a Web3 company. Yeah, so um, Unstoppable was founded by Matt Gold back in 2018. And uh, his mission was to provide this user-owned and user-controlled identity. Um, I think the team is fabulous. They were profitable during that first six months, which is, as you know, startups. That's pretty amazing. Um, And the value proposition and product market fit here, I think, uh, is really helping propel Web3 forward. Um, So the first thing that the company uh, created was a domain name, but not a domain name like a Web2 domain. This is a domain name with special powers. It is user-owned and user-controlled. So you probably see people with, uh, like myself, I have sandy.nft. That is my domain name. You can get .nft, .crypto, .x. Um, And those uh, special powers are not just that it's user-owned and controlled. It is yours, so you own it. You know, if I had to summarize Web3 in one word, it's ownership. So there are no renewal fees, there's subscriptions. You own that. That's your identity. It is decentralized, so it's created on the blockchain. So any third party can read that database and can resolve that name without our permission. Hence why you see, you know, Parcel, which is the Web3 realty company, they use uh, our domain names. They don't need our permission to do that. Any platform can build a tool or an application using that domain without risking being shut out in the future. Um, and we know that, you know, many companies, uh, you know, just recently Facebook have done that to past apps that built on pop on top of them. But the domain name is just the start of where, you know, where we're going. If you're familiar with the Amazon flywheel, that domain name is how people begin in Web3 because it connects your wallet, helps you not to make the mistakes of typing in that long series of, uh, you know, characters and numbers. Um, but we also now have kind of the first couple of layers of that digital identity, the ability to connect your email, the ability to connect your um, humanity, do a proof of humanity check. 
um, KYC, you know, those type of things as well. And then the vision is to fill that out over time. So what really got me fired up about the company was their focus on digital identity and those domains, those domains with superpowers are the way that people are starting today uh, in the Web3 world. I love that. And and we do, you know, I have uh, the unstoppable uh, domains as well with uh, isocialfans.nft. And, and there's lots of other domains that go in there as well. And I love that you brought up the the superpowered element of it because it's, it's the combination of a domain with transparency and also a, dona- a domain with customization that really we haven't seen in any other, uh, you know, domain kind of uh, connections, right? And, you know, even the idea of being able to connect uh, a short do- domain to our Twitter account, which I was, uh, you know, I didn't realize that was actually one of the the benefits on uh, Unstoppable. And, I, and I've had, I've used some of the other uh, domain services that exist here in Web3. And I think part of what, what struck me the, in one of the big differences, and I'm not paid to promote this on Unstoppable, but for me, I'm just sharing, you know, my view was, you know, not only the customization, but really the the open ended that I can see additional things being kind of rolled in, and it's kind of very early days of uh, of you know the just say you know the dot NFTs, the dot X, the dot uh, cryptos, and and really how do we connect you know our wallet to our website to our our social uh, you know our social media, and I've said this for a good while that I believe you know part of this this digital identity conversation is also the fact that. You know, now that we are valuing and and putting a value on uh, you know digital assets as well as our own digital identity, now we have to figure out ways that we can you know express ourselves, ways that we can uh, you know stand out from the noise, ways that we can actually celebrate you know the values that we have. And you know, I I have a, a my PFP here um, is the the crypto chicks, and I know Sandy, I see that you have the, the lazy lions and the fame lady squad. I also know uh, your crypto chicks and and women tribe. I see there's some women tribe friends in here. And, and, and for me, I will say the, you know, when we started the podcast, November 11th, uh, you know, 113 days ago, I, I, the, the first early women projects that we, that we minted was we minted alpha girl, uh, NFT, and we minted, uh, the women rise project, um, right out of the gate on, on day one. And I, and I was doing some research on both of those projects and, you know, I spend about four hours each day researching these NFT projects and, both of them stood out to me in their conviction in and like their why, their conviction in their their, their you know mission and vision of what the future was. And and for those that don't know, both of those projects did not sell out right away. And this was you know November, early December timeframe. And if we fast forward, you know, I I was blessed to kind of be a part of the Fame Lady Squad, and then uh, the Crypto Chicks was one that I you know absolutely fell in love with the. The, the vision there. And now we look at January and February and I was just pulling up, you know, one of the, the tweets that we put out the other day and, you know, of our last, you know, 15 uh, NFT projects that we've minted, uh, we've minted seven female led projects of the last 15. And it's very you know exciting for me, not only because of, you know, being an ally and a, an advocate, you know, as a, a girl dad of three little girls as well, that, you know, that this is, we are starting to, I'm starting to feel that change to see that change. I'm curious from a standpoint of, you know, you have, we have the event and I'll put the, the, uh, you know, the, the unstoppable women of web three, uh, you know, event, uh, I'll put those notes here in the show notes for everybody to, to check out. And I re- recommend, you know, putting on your calendar, there's going to be, you know, uh, I believe YouTube, uh, TV and there'll be, you know, uh, you can, you follow the hashtag on Twitter as well. I'm curious from your standpoint, when you're, you know, Sandy, uh, with your experience and, and the amount of amazing uh, women that you've worked with over the years uh, that are, you know, trendsetters and that are putting, you know, the, that are willing to kind of disrupt and, and reset the table. And if the table doesn't allow them, they can pull up their own chair. What would be your advice to uh, women that are listening to this podcast right now that are still looking for their place, still looking for what is their role in Web3 or how can they stand out? What would be something that you kind of give them to kind of give them that, that next step or, or hopefully you kind of push them forward for the next, uh, you know, where we're going with Web3? Well, um, first, I would say that, you know, you should learn about everything that's out there in Web3. Uh, a great way to do that is to attend our day on March 8th. We, uh, we will do like a very basic what is Web3 101 as a, as a uh, YouTube session 
um, 9 a.m. Pacific time on International Women's Day, which is March 8th. But we are also doing a 24-hour Twitter space. And Brian, I thought you would love this. So we have different speakers coming on all throughout the day on topics like, you know, what is the federal and state government saying about this in the U.S.? What about Europe? Um, how do you build a community? What are the elements of blockchain? Uh, why decentralization? Why does it matter? What is digital identity? So all of those topics are being covered. I'm going to try to attend as many as I can because they look so amazing. So the very first thing I would say is you should learn. I'm sorry. Did you want to say something? No, I was going to say I, I actually moved one of my, my interviews for the podcast off of that day so that I could attend more of that Twitter space. So I, I'm with you awesome. on that. It's awesome. a great, great job. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And so, so many women have, um, you know, come forward. We had, we've got 66 companies right now who've come forward. You know, we've got a 24 hour day. So we've got some 30 minute sessions. Some folks are combining together, uh, you know, to teach. So I would say the first thing you should do is learn, like just, you know, drink it all in. It's a lot. You may not all understand all the acronyms right away, but, uh, you know, take that first step to learn. The second thing I think that you should do is start to interact. Um, Twitter spaces are a great place. So what you're doing here is magnificent to start interacting, asking questions. Um, Discord, which I kind of have a love-hate relationship with. <laughs> you aren't alone. So you aren't alone. I have a, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's like, I think if it's a, it's more of a hate-love relationship, not a love-hate. Yeah. Like it's, it's much more hate-first love because we're kind of there. So I'm with you. I do love Telegram, though, and I'm, I communicate with lots of my partners on Telegram. So, so you know, kind of learn, get in there, so learn first and then interact. And then the third thing you have to do in Web3 is you have to play with it. Um, one of the things that we're going to teach in our, our YouTube session on the 8th is how do you get a wallet? Um, how do you keep that wallet secure? How do you... Um, buy, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, crypto. Um, and then what do you do with it? Like, you know, how do you go buy an NFT, for example? Um, those type of things. So you've got to play with it. You've got to get in there and get your hands dirty. Um, of all the technologies I've seen, this is one that you really can't just be book smart on. If you don't get in there and try it out, uh, it's really hard to get the feel for it. And you can do that. A lot of questions I'm getting, and in fact, part of my South by Southwest keynote is around use cases for business. So you can try it out as an individual, but there are also all these emerging use cases that are occurring. Um, and so it's not just a consumer thing trying it out. It's also a business thing trying it out as well. Yeah, I, I could just do one. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that on that on that concept. I think we we sometimes overlook the the business brand role of that as well. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. I also um, need to say that um, we are developing a mentoring platform. So you know, I'm chairman of the board. I guess I should say chairwoman of the board of Girls in Tech. Uh, it's an amazing organization that really touches that college age girl or woman up to about two or three jobs outside of that. And they've got this a mentoring platform that they are opening up on March 8th for women of Web3. So anybody who wants to learn more about Web3. And um, we didn't want to have companies have to fund a sponsorship to be part of women of Web3. But we asked different groups to donate in different ways. So like Decentraland gave us land and Decentraland to build our headquarters. Capital Factory gave us physical space at South by Southwest to host our first in-person event. And many uh, NFT communities have also donated NFTs that we are auctioning off. And so I wanted to make sure that I um, mentioned that I did pen a tweet on it. So we got a lazy lion, we've got a pudgy penguin, a deadhead, we've got a crypto chick, um, Long necky ladies from Nyla, who's the 13-year-old amazing woman, uh, crypto tech, Bella, mojo heads, deadheads, ancient warriors. Ancient warriors is a really cool project of black and brown artists. Um, I did pen a tweet here if you want to bid on it. Um, so, Em, I'm going after that uh, crypto chick because I've always wanted one. So I'm going to go after that one. So you have to beat me out for that one. But we're giving all that money um, two girls in tech to fund this mentoring platform for that next generation of women as well. 
I love that, Sandy. And I, I you know, the girls in uh, you know tech side of the house. You know, I've been a part of of many of those uh, events. You know, the the IBM events that you've had um, in the past. I remember. Uh, you know, there's one you know vivid one that I remember with uh, you know startups, and it was it was amazing seeing you know all of these you know powerful women uh, coming in front of this kind of enterprise tech. Uh, blue suit wearing audience, and I've always been a, a, a I've taken great pride in, in kind of being a little bit of a disruptor in that space as well myself. And and I'm you know I I will say like one of the things that you've done really well, and I, and I have to give a lot of credit also to these uh, the women led projects that are in the NFT space, and many of those leaders are here in the audience on Twitter Spaces, and and, and that means a lot as well. Is they've also you know really welcomed in uh, you know the those that identify as male as allies as advocates as well and you know i think for for me i've shared this a lot especially in the mental health space you know there was a good while where i couldn't figure out like what my role was in the mental health conversation and i was i kind of was stuck in this place of well i'm not the i'm not the phd but i'm also not the one that you know that knows everything and has that as my full-time job and I, I came up with this, like, just the, the mindset that I, I, I realized was, like, my role was more of a, as that advocate, as that ally, to get the right people in the wrong rooms and the wrong people in the right rooms. And what I, what I mean by that was, you know, part of it was, for me, was making sure that these conversations didn't just happen in, you know, podcast episodes that were women-focused, right? The, these conversations were happening in all podcast episodes or all episodes, or if we're, you know, doing a Twitter space that we're, we're mentioning these things because I think a lot of times these conversations are siloed to the point where the people that we know that need to hear the information probably aren't willing to click on there or to go in there. And I, I love that you've always kind of created that welcoming environment to where, you know, those that are allies, those that are new to figuring out kind of their role also feel very welcomed um, in this space. And so I'm curious, is, is there any lessons that we can kind of take from, you know, the early days of girls in tech as well as to where we're at today, as far as like ways that, you know, those that identify as male can can play a role, but also where this kind of collectiveness kind of comes together, because it's not just about, you know, male, female, but it's also about, you know, true identity. And, you know, I, I love, you know, one of my projects I really like is the Expansion Punks. Uh, and the Expansion Punks was one of the very first projects that I found that was going out of their way to make sure that it wasn't just male, female, that they were also representing non-binary within their collection as well. And, and being in Twitter spaces and hearing multiple parents come up and say, that it was the first time they found an NFT collection that they could share with with one of you know one of their children that they could actually be seen in the collection and it, and it really you know hit me very deeply. So I'm curious, give, can you give us a little bit of like some of the things that you've seen over the years that allows a lot of this like true collaboration? Because really, what you're doing with this project, which I think is just beautiful, is you're doing what you've always done. You know, bringing together all these great minds, these great leaders, and you're allowing us all to kind of learn together. And I think we can all learn from that and take our own little role in that moving forward. Um, thank you, Brian. You made so many great points in there. So um, let me see if I could maybe frame the equation uh, this way. Um, first, you are right. Having uh, male allies is so very important. And in fact, some of the numbers we shared at actually South by Southwest last year, they invited us to come in and chat about this in a panel that um, young girls starting out are five times more likely to explore STEM if their father, uncle, a, a male figure in their life encourages them. And in fact, when I started, uh, we started a group of women of the cloud, women of EC2 at AWS, I started to target not just the women in the group, but I started to target dads of daughters. I called them DODs. And uh, the reason was that they were very interested in making sure that the next phase of the internet was very inclusive because they wanted their daughters, their nieces to be included in that conversation. So I do feel that male allies are really important. When we talk about diversity, if you leave half of the room out, regardless of which half you're leaving out, it's not good. So I think that that's one major point that you made that is critical, that this is not just for women. I encourage any male that's listening out there to get involved and get engaged and support uh, you know, as well. So 
I think that's a really uh, powerful point. I think the second one is how you get engaged is, you know, anytime you learn, you learn when you're having fun. So one of the things that we learned for girls in tech is that if we wanted the next generation to consider technology, we needed to address it and, and gear it to something that was a fun way to learn that they could relate to. So for example, um, with 360 Fashion, who's also part of our Women of Web 3 movement, um, they created these kits uh, for younger girls to put together. Uh, it, was a, it was putting together a ring, and the ring had a gemstone in it with an IoT sensor. And the IoT sensor, if you touched it, first of all, the ring was beautiful. So it didn't look like something ugly. It was a beautiful ring. Um, and if you touched the IoT sensor, though, it would call the police if you were being assaulted or it could call your parents or your best friend. Um, but you had to code that linkage from the IoT sensor to the back end, which we did with AWS. It was so fun. We were just overwhelmed with a number of young girls who wanted to come to the class to build this ring really focusing on building this ring that could, you know, call their best friend or call someone, not realizing the technology that they were learning at the same time. We did the same thing with AWS with our deep racer. Uh, it's a race car. It has IoT sensors in it. You race it around the track. The number of uh, women and girls who wanted to race that car around the track um, was amazing. And of course, as they're doing that, they're learning about IoT. They're learning about artificial intelligence, about reinforcement learning. So I think one of the great things is, you know, in your audience, you have to figure out what appeals to them. Hence why we try to do Twitter spaces and try to make what we're doing fun and stay tuned because there'll be more to come after March 8th as well. I love that. And the, the part about fun is, you know, and also I think the, you know, the different approaches, right? We all learn differently. We all consume differently. I think sometimes we get stuck in, you know, we end up putting things, you know, in context in only one format, right? And it's actually what spurred this podcast was, you know, I am one, you know, that is neurodiverse with, you know, ADHD and dyslexia. And, and for me, I learn via podcast, you know, when people ask, you know, how I consume, how do I stay on top of things? You know, it's social audio and podcast. And when I looked and was searching in the in the podcasting apps there in October and in September of last year, I was really just dumbfounded that so many of them were only, uh, you know, interview based. There wasn't very many, uh, I would say, evergreen style content of ed education in the podcasting format. And, you know, I also understand that, you know, podcasts aren't for everyone. And a lot of people that don't even know that the the podcasting app is already installed on their iPhone. And uh, for a lot of people, that that's kind of like news to that space. And so I, I think it's so important that you brought that up. I will also say, you know, the if you for those that you know, when you go to the website, and I'm a, you know, kind of, uh, you know, set this up for those that are listening, you know, one of the things that we also have to do is not only just lift up the great leaders that are, are taking strides, uh, you know, in diversity and inclusion. But we also need to support the the brands that are willing to partner, willing to step up to the plate. And I will say, you know, when we, uh, you can check out the link here in the bio for those who want to check out the event. For me, I made a note and, and uh, I'll give everybody, this is kind of like my, my way of doing things is that I went into the partner list that Sandy, you've put together for this event. And I went to each of their Twitter accounts and I added them to a private Twitter list on my side. And what I thought was, you know what, I'm going to make sure that I amplify these brands, these businesses in Web3 that are willing to you know, put their, you know, maybe it might not even be their money where their mouth is. Maybe they're just putting their time or their resources or their solutions um, you know, out there. And so I'm curious from you know, the, you know, you come, we both come from like that web to uh, a lot of it is like legacy enterprise tech, uh, especially some of the, the bigger enterprise tech brands from a standpoint of a kind of like bringing this kind of full circle. What have been some of the like aha moments for people to kind of get what web three means? Because I, I've, I, I, I know you must get it as well. I feel like on a daily basis, there are people that are now coming to saying, Brian, I now understand what you were talking about when you talked about blockchain in 2013. I, I now understand what you're talking about, but artificial intelligence, not, you know, taking our jobs away, but rather allowing us to highlight the skill sets that we have as humans. So how are those Web3 conversations happening in, in your circle, both within the those that are in Web3, but also those that are kind of uh, slowly becoming adopters? Hmm. It's a great question. It, it's kind of interesting because I think the best way to describe it is to compare it 
to Web 2. Um, so, for example, I was so excited, uh, you know, part of my signing bonus for coming on um, to Unstoppable was I got a lazy lion. Um, some press picked up on that and people were calling me coming out of the woodwork. They're like, why the heck did you want an NFT for a signing bonus? I can send you lots of JPEGs. And so, you know, I tried to compare an NFT uh, to a collectible like they do today, right? I collect these things called glassy babies. They're handmade candles out of Seattle. I lived in Seattle for Amazon my mother collects Ted Williams baseball cards because when she was 18, she went on one date with the famous Ted Williams. If you don't know, he's a famous baseball player. Wow. A time, a time I, that's know? impressive. I'm impressed. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. So Big she, fan. So she has all these baseball cards of Ted Williams. Makes my dad mad, by the way. But she collects those and they have to be collected. I mean, she collects them. They're verified. Um, and I explained, you know, I could go and I could take a picture of that. But I don't own that. Um, owning is not about keeping others from enjoying it. It's about proof of ownership. And so once I explain that, then people start to get it. Oh, okay, now I see. And NFT is also about the community, right? So when you when you buy an NFT, there's this whole community aspect that comes along with it. Um, if I tweet something out today, all those lazy lions, they tweet, 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 um, you know, um, I'm a big supporter of Nyla. Nyla will retweet me because I'm part of that long neck community supporting. She's 13 years old. She's a young um, black female and she's going to be on our Twitter spaces teaching other kids how to get into this space. So I think you just have to relate it back to, you know, the web two world. I find that that helps a lot of people. Um, one of the big inhibitors that I see as well is that people are like, oh, well, you know, this doesn't work or this is really hard. Well, Web 2 was hard at the beginning. It wasn't, wasn't a great technology. I like to say that we're in the dial-up phase of Web 3. Um, what was that movie? There was a movie, oh, shoot, I think it was you, you, You've Got Mail, you know, where they had that, um, that AOL sound. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was. You Got Mail. Yeah, it was, was You Got Mail. Yep. Okay. That's where we are today in Web 3. It doesn't mean we're going to stay there. We're super early. Um, it's, it is hard. Like just, I just imagine discord and my, you know, I, I get, I have sweats. Um, it's super early. Yes. Blockchain is not all the way there yet, but it will, it will scale eventually. It will, this will become more user friendly. So when I try to describe early days of web one and early days of web two, all these problems existed. Um, people start to get it, but it is hard. It does take time to really understand it. And I think that, you know, I think that's such an important part, too, is that, it, you know, the, it, you know, Web 2 wasn't, you know, it wasn't like Web 2 was you know, immediately adopted and, and also different phases of Web 2 were pushed back, right? The idea that, like, why would a brand ever have an Instagram account, right? Or why would an executive ever need to invest in their, in their personal brand? Uh, and, you know, I think it's so interesting now that, like, a lot of those things like employee advocacy that you were leading um, at IBM, I, I, I use that story. I've actually probably shared that out here on the podcast a couple of times as well Is you know, those I, I used IBM social business team as, you know, kind of my example and, and tent pole when I would go to these other uh, companies to work with them on, you know, how do we how do we get the amazing talent that are inside your organization? Uh, how do we highlight them outside the organization? And, you know, IBM, which I think for many you would, you know, consider not only the company that's been around for a long while, but a company that, you know, wasn't going to be the one that we expected to do that. And I remember you just being amazed by a lot of the things that were led there. And I think that is such an important kind of path to recognize that, yes, Web3 might feel like, I like that you said that dial-up phase. We are in those you know, early days and we're, we're helping to shape the culture. And I, and I think that's also why it's so important that right now is the time that we have to step up for you know, inclusion and diversity. Uh, it's, we can't wait any longer because we will fall into the Web 2, the Web 1 trap where you know, those things become either put to the back burner or that the adoption is at so high that we, we're, we really struggle to put those you know, seats at the right tables. And I think it's beautiful that you know, this month of, of March, we can kind of lean into that um, as well. Uh, you know, Sandy, as we kind of pull this, uh, you know, kind of uh, together, you know, I, I love, you know, what you're doing with, you know, digital identity and with Unstoppable. I love the, the, the world, uh, the event with the women of, uh, of Web3. You know, 
if you if you put like a you know a year from now, and I'm not going to say predict on NFTs because I think NFT predictions is is uh, near impossible. Um, but you know, what are some of the things that like if if a year from now, you know, what are some of the things that if we accomplish or if we start to to move these needles, you'll feel like hey, we're we're going in the right direction. There's some things that you could think of like on that that say wow, like this is where we really need to be in a year or so. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of things. Um, some are related to this women of Web3 and some are not. You know, one, one I hope in a year from now that we do improve ease of use and UX because I think that's going to be critical to more mass adoption. And that means more women coming engaged in this as well. So I'm hoping in a year from now that we're going to improve that. Part of my mission, I'm talking to a lot of these design schools right now um, I just was on Startup Grind telling startups, this UX and this design issue is so important in Web3, and it's a big gap. You guys need to go jump in that. You can, you know, you'll be able to make a lot of money. You'll have a lot of purpose and a lot of fulfillment. So that's one. I think in a year, we have to fix that US, UX uh, challenge. Um, two, I'm hoping in a year that um, I'm not still going to all of these, you know, NFT conferences and only seeing, um, you know, guys, I want to see all the voices represented. And that doesn't just mean um, women, I want women, you know, part of the pledge that um, everybody signed as one of the companies to be here. Part of our pledge was that we want to make sure that underrepresented groups, women, racial, ethnic minorities, people identifying as LGBTQIA, those from economically disadvantaged backgrounds, that we would have inclusive education and that we would have a seat at the table. So um, we're right now trying to figure out how to measure that. In fact, some of our member companies have done surveys and we're going to benchmark year over year to see the change. I mean, we would like to take this up 5x for the the voices from um, these, you know, women and minority groups to be much, much greater. And I think the other big prediction I would have, which you would imagine I would make, Brian, is that your Web3 identity will become more and more your gateway to the metaverse. I don't think many people realize the relationship between the metaverse and Web3. Um, and I like to describe it as, you know, kind of blockchain is one of the fundamental technologies of Web3. Web3 is built on blockchain, but the metaverse is built on Web3. So if you think about it, the metaverse requires Web3 and blockchain. And that Web3 identity is the way that you're going to access uh, the metaverse in this two-sided marketplace. So I think it's really important that we kind of be able to put all the pieces together and talk about it and understand, you know, where we're headed in the future. I, I, I love every second of that. And I, I think, you know, we the the metaverse side of this connecting so many of these these dots is so important. And I think it's also important for us to recognize, you know, as we reimagine this future, we do have, you know, the power to reset the the, the culture, reset, you know, where we give access to people in, you know, in all countries and all uh, walks of life. And, and I think that's such an important you know, conversation that can be had. And I think the metaverse is going to open up uh, some doors in ways that we, we really haven't even imagined yet. Uh, so for those that are now, you know, inspired and motivated, they're listening to the, the podcast episode. Uh, can you give us one list, uh, you know, the little bit of the details again for uh, March 8th, which is International Women's Day? Uh, I believe it starts at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific, and I will, I'll drop the links in there. But if uh, you can give us that last call to action, and then we'll wrap up for the, for the episode. Yeah, so um, we actually have a couple of things you can participate in. I did pin the tweet with the website. Um, our YouTube will go off at 9 a.m. Pacific time, and that'll be one hour of the very basics of Web3. So it'll go through what is decentralization. We go through like 10 words you must know. Um, it's really 101. And we did it on YouTube because we felt like even a lot of folks may not even have a Twitter ID to get into Twitter spaces. Um, in addition, we're doing a 24-hour Twitter Spaces. And this one, Brian, you're going to love. It starts at midnight Pacific time, and it goes the entire day, 24 hours. And so we'd love for you to join us. The entire Twitter Spaces schedule is also out on the website. And many of the amazing women who are listening in right now 
will be doing sessions and I'm going to go learn there too, because it's all levels of uh, education, new news, and it's just going to be amazing. And then the last thing we're doing um, on International Women's Day is we are producing a list of the 100 inspirational women of Web3. And uh, I wanted to do this because there are so many, as I started talking to all these companies, there are amazing kiss-ass women in this space, but people just don't know about them. And so I wanted to publish a list. I didn't do a top list or 25. I wanted to do the volume. So we're going to do 100 inspirational women on March 8th. And then we're going to do it again. And we're going to do it again. Because I believe to be it, you have to see it. And you're going to see these incredible women doing it today from, you know, 13 years old to I think the oldest on the list is like 83 years old. Um, It's just amazing what these women are doing doing from all walks of life, black, brown, um, you know, military. I mean, it's just amazing. You're going to love that list. So join us in our community. If you're you know, just starting out, Girls in Tech has this mentoring platform that can also help you. And don't forget to participate in our auction because these amazing NFT groups, Brian, have donated. They didn't donate their, you know, worst NFT either. Um, many of them even developed a new NFT. So you'll see a Frida in there that was specifically drawn just for this auction to honor unstoppable women of Web3. So I'm just so incredibly excited, uh, you know, by what's happening out here as well. Well, Sandy, I'm excited for the the event. I'm excited for the doors it opens. Uh, you know, a lot of the the collections that you mentioned, uh, I'm very you know happy to to see that many of them are in our collection here with you know Mint 365, where we're we're buying an NFT every single day, uh, and also many of the people that are part of the the program itself are uh, are are either uh, existing guests or upcoming guests. I know we have some upcoming guests with uh, you know our friend Kathy Hackle is going to be uh, joining the podcast. Uh, we have a, a whole slew of, of some amazing leaders, and and many of them are on that list, uh, you know, as well. And you know, as we kind of pull the the podcast uh, episode together, you know, I, I'm very blessed to have uh, you know fellow strong, uh, amazing women leaders in tech that I can call uh, good friends. And one of them is uh, Miss Brooke J. Lacey, who was uh, was on our podcast uh, not too long ago. And uh, Brooke is, is without question, a, a leader in disruption in, in, in pushing things forward in the space. And Brooke, I saw that you were in the audience. And I usually kind of do my own little like, uh, you know, kind of send off for the podcast. But I would love for you if you have like, your own uh, take, Brooke, or a question for Sandy as well, I will open the mic to you. And then we'll kind of close it up afterwards. Hey, Brian. Hey, Sandy. I'm such a big fan of yours, by the way. Um, so I'm, I'm just like, what a pleasure to come up and, and ask you questions. And thank you for that intro, Brian. You're, you're such a gem and you know how I feel like you're, what you're doing in this space is so important. Um, but Sandy, I'm just so, I'm so happy to, to be in your presence. Um, there are so many of us women technologists out there that look up to people like you, um, and, um, and just really like, not necessarily want to emulate, but want to do, you know, forge our own path, but in the same, in the same light. So I'm wondering how would you, um, you know, how would you tell other women in this field, how they can go about being mentors. Um, I know I've been doing it sort of locally, um, and would love to take it, you know, in a global sense, I've done it in different ways, um, social media wise, but what is your recommendation for becoming a mentor, even, um, just for other women and just thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you, Brooke. I, I'm so touched. I, I'm almost speechless. So thank you so much for those very kind words. Um, I believe that everybody can be a mentor and should be a mentor. Um, you know, one of my mentors told me once, wherever you are, whatever you do, always reach back and pull one person with you. Can you imagine if every single woman in Web3 did that today? Obviously, we would double the number instantly, instantly. So thank you for asking this question. I, I guess there's a couple of things that I would say, um, you know, leads to a great mentorship um, partnership would be one, you know, you could join Girls in Tech to get on that mentoring platform. It costs nothing to do that. 
and you can give back through that platform. The platform is really cool. The way that it links you up, it's like a a six month, a six week commitment to start with, and then you can continue that men- mentorship beyond that if you really click and you want to continue on. Um, secondly, I'm you know at South by Southwest. I don't know if you're going or not, but in real life, there's also great opportunities to network. And we will be kicking off some in-person mentorships at South by Southwest at this event. And if there's not, if you're not coming to South by Southwest and you have any kind of event near you, I think that mentorships are stronger when you know each other in person. It doesn't have to be in person, but that's one of the things. I look for local events. Um, I'm right now in Scottsdale because uh, we we lost my father-in-law and my mother-in-law is here. So we're supporting her. And I was like, okay, what's going on with NFTs and Phoenix and Scottsdale? I come to find out that ASU, Arizona State University, is amazing what they're teaching and doing here. And I've gotten engaged in so many things and been able to mentor some of those college girls who are coming up uh, as that next generation. So I have so many ideas here. Brooke, you should join us in some of our Women of Web3 discussions and let's brainstorm and come up with even more. We would be honored to have you. Oh my God. I I think I'm going to cry. I would be so honored, honestly. Like, I've been working so hard not to make this about. Listen, I live in Idaho. Um, I grew up in Chicago and I live in Idaho. And I spent so many years, listen to me getting emotional, so many years just doing like free workshops to get girls into tech. I used to have a computer repair business. So I loved building computers. I still do. Um, but I don't have the time anymore to. Um, I would just do these workshops and I bring, you know, those old hard drives, of course, you know, the platter hard drives and we would take them apart. And the look on these girls' faces was just, it was everything to me. And so I've always just wanted to, you know, bring that to the globe. And um, so I would be honored, absolutely honored. I mean, this is, thank you. This is what it's all about right here. Now this is the, I mean, it's like connecting great people with great people to do great things is, is, uh, you know, the, the beauty of this Web3 space is the beauty of, you know, the opportunities we have in front of us. So, uh, Brooke, I'm so glad you jumped up and asked that question and, and excited to see uh, where that goes. Uh, for those that uh, haven't listened to Brooke's episode yet, uh, I will make sure to put that in the show notes as well, as we had a, a heck of a lot of fun uh, geeking out. We could have gone uh, many hours, just like we could have here uh, with Sandy. And so, Sandy, thank you for uh, your friendship. Thank you for your leadership, not only in you know the tech space, but you know as a leader that's willing to you know, as you said, you know, lift those up. And you know, I shared earlier, you know, the the tweet the I think it's the it's the first one here on Twitter Spaces in in our nest, and it was actually you know a panel that I was on uh, with you know Robin Carey who uh, unfortunately passed away, but she was one of the the early mentors of mine, and I, I remember sitting on that panel at uh, South by Southwest. Uh, seven years ago and being like, wow, like how amazing is it that we have this you know, opportunity to shed light and, and really bring technology uh, to the masses. And I wouldn't have imagined, or I couldn't have imagined, uh, you know, seven years later what this opportunity has provided. So thank you. Thank you, Sandy, for your time. Thank you for your leadership. I'm excited to see all the other amazing things that we're going to uh, you know, make happen in this uh, Web3 space. Uh, and I'm sure we'll do more together with Unstoppable as well. Thank you. Thanks so much, Brian. I just also want to say I, I'm getting some DMs from others. If you guys want to get involved, it's not too late. Uh, DM me or tweet me or you know reach out in some form or fashion. I'm happy to get you involved as well. I'd love to see you know this movement really take off and make Web3 accessible for all. So thank you. Brian, thanks for having me on and for being such a great male ally. I wish you all the best and the most success. Uh, that you can possibly have. And to all the women and men who join, thank you for spending time with us. And if you could also help us get the word out, I would be uh, forever grateful. Thank you. Web3 for all. Yes, Web3 for all. It, it costs zero gas for retweeting and sharing out on Twitter. Just for those that are curious, there are no gas fees for retweeting and sharing out content. Uh, and I also, you know, this this world of STEM and actually Jennifer, who's up here, uh, she reminded me that they're I guess they're calling it STEAM now because they added the arts to uh, the conversation. You know, I, I will say, you know, my my daughters, when they asked, we were talking to them about, you know, their, you know, what, what was the camp that you wanted to sign up for this summer? Uh, you know, all three of my daughters said, hey, we want to do. Like one of them's doing a, a 3D printing camp. One of them's doing uh, a, a future scientist camp. And for me, like just the idea that these opportunities are in front of us and that we have, 
you know, amazing leaders like uh, so many people that are in this room today. Uh, the, the future is bright. We have a lot of work to do, but the, the future is definitely bright. So uh, thank you, everybody, for being a part of it. As uh, always, you know, uh, we will see you tomorrow. Make it a great day, friends. Cheers. Thank you.